0: Welcome to the Kupinger Coal Analyst Chat. I'm your host. My name is Matthias Reinwart. I'm Lead Advisor and Senior Analyst at Kupinger Coal Analysts. My guest today is Martin Kupinger. He's one of the founders and the Principal Analyst of Kupinger Coal. He's steering the overall development of the topics covered in our research events and that we do our advisory in. Hi, Martin. Welcome. Hi, Matthias. Welcome. Great to have you, and we want to talk about a topic that has come to our attention also in the aftermath of recent uh, cybersecurity events that we have seen early this year. Uh, But we want to have a look at that topic with a rather different twist. We want to talk about the way that many organizations are currently doing business, and that is by doing a closer focus on their actual core business. They focus on what they are best at, where they excel in, where they can provide uh, the solutions which really help their customers. And on the other hand, they rely on a large... Cyber supply chain where they consume services from, which are just the foundation layer for creating their services. So it's really buying something on the market, incorporating that into a product, and then adding their special added value to that. What does that mean when it comes to looking at cybersecurity and looking at supply chain management, Martin?
1: Um, I think, Matthias, when we look at what you just said, this Not to blame you, but this already probably includes the misconception which leads to a lot of challenges. And that misconception is that businesses still believe that IT, the way they do software, they incorporate software, is not part of their core business. So there's the saying of every business is a software business these days, which is wasn't factually correct. There are a lot of businesses which aren't. But more and more businesses are software businesses. If you look at a car of today, if you look at many devices you have then if you look at um, the factory automation and other areas, there's so much software in everywhere that you are a software business. And that's one part of it. And the other thing is that also to be good in digital transformation, to be good in how you do your business, You rely on software and software in a certain area is important also to your competitive advantage as a business. Um, Having said this, we we can't just say we ignore what is in the software. We, We just procure it and assume it will work. It is too important. It's too important at all levels of most organizations already. So we do need to understand what software means, what a risk in software is to our organizations. We need to take a different perspective here. Right, so we need to apply proper
0: scrutiny when it comes to what we incorporate with into our products and into our service offerings. Um, There has been this new term being coined um, called cyber supply chain risk management. um, But that actually is not really something new. We have seen that earlier before. And these these events have happened before. Um, Let's talk a bit about the history behind that. I remember in 2014, there was this event that um, was uh, named Heartbleed. Um, Is this the same and more of that?
1: Yeah, I think there are two, two elements in history. The one is really the cyber security part of that. And the other is the supply chain risk management part of it. So the cyber security risk management or the cyber security part in cyber security risk management. Um, that is clearly one element where we had incidents before heart bleed was a perfect sample. Um, not a good one in that sense because it was a, r- a major issue but it has proven that if you just use certain types of software libraries you are at risk because you can sort of um, inherit risks from these libraries and if you go back even further in the in the history then uh, we might end up with the, the book of Mark Elsberg which is called Blackout and that is a book which I think dates back to the many years at least. I, I would really have to check how, how old it is. But this describes similar scenarios affecting, in fact, really um, all of Europe by attacking the energy system in Europe. And so the risk is not new. And on the other hand, we have this supply chain risk management thing. And that also is not new. So I remember when I... Worked in, in many many years ago. Um, for a while in a, in a software development company, we built solutions that helped tracking the quality of certain types of supplies to automotive manufacturers. That's way more than 20 years ago. It was a topic back then, and supply chain risk management is a is something which is there for for a very long time. The point is with software becoming more and more relevant with cyber risks increasing it is apparent that we need to add the cybersecurity angle to the entire um, supply chain risk management methodology to the processes we need to extend it because this is what really can put every business at major risk so it is not new no but it is more important than ever before. And I think the Winds incident has clearly proven that again, that we need to be far more thorough um, on software. And, you know, when we put this, look at this, then it means we need to understand what to do. And my perspective is the most important thing really is that we, when we look at it from a cybersecurity perspective, we all know this concept and this term of zero trust. And we need to apply the principles of zero trust on that part as well. It's not only networks, it's not only identity, it's not only access and other things. It's also software. We must not trust software that we procure. We must verify, and we must verify when we procure, and we must verify continuously. And also that idea, just just as a side note, is not that that new. If you look at I think it's the German Handelsgesetzbuch, so the the, um, the law for for trade. Um, there's something in around verification in German it would be Abnahme of software. So that is there for endless times, more or less.
0: Right so and if we look at any of your our mobile applications that we have on our on our smartphone and we look in the about section we will end up with a with a large list of open source libraries that have been incorporated just to name them because they had to be named or to to give due credit to those who provided it um, but what you're saying means you need to go far beyond that you need to verify that this software is properly developed and not just take any library from the more or less uncontrolled open source market. Um, What else is included in this zero trust approach towards software procurement? What else needs to be done? Do we really
1: have to check each line of code that we consume? Um, I I think no one does check all lines of code and you can't check all lines of code. um, So I think the principles apply to every type of software, whether it's commercial software off the shelf or whether it's open source or whatever else. Um, I think there are a couple of, of elements we can look, look at. It starts with the ones who are creating software. And there it's about applying these well-known principles of secure by design and decoding practices around that to everything which is done in software internally and externally. If we ask someone to develop software for us, that must be a part the requirement. So if I say to Matthias, Matthias, could you deliver some piece of software for me for that and that and I pay you X euro, then I should also ask you and force you to follow the secure design and coding practices and to prove that you do. And we, we may need something like, like an ISO standard on that as well, where we say, okay, this is where we, where we really um, then have our certifications of the suppliers. Then the next thing is, and that also ha- must happen at both ends, and it can happen at both ends. So the, the design and coding is something you, you can request, which is relatively difficult to verify. Um, the, the, the bigger your pro- um, software provider is, the harder it is. But the next thing, like software composition analysis, that is something you can do um, also for yourself. And everyone, every provider should do it. So I, I know that a lot of software companies are not, exactly aware of which for instance open source libraries which other external libraries are used in which version and etc. They need to know it um, you need to understand it as far as you can. So what are the libraries, which versions are they are there known vulnerabilities and patches etc. So that would be a second step and then there are tools for static for dynamic code analysis. Uh, you can apply clearly your, your organizational controls as well so on both ends, really, also having the controls that define and enforce that you do the right tracks on all these things. And then there's security analytics. At the end, you also need to observe how software behaves. And if there are anom- anomalies, you must react. And so there's a lot of technology out there. But so we, we really need also, for instance, for DevOps to, to look at um, how can we integrate So to speak, security telemetry, security forensics. In this concept, the technology is there. We just need to do
0: it. Fully agreed. Because if we look at modern um, build chains for software development, and that is also something that users of Unix systems, of Linux systems, see in their daily um, um, work. Because when they do an upgrade, this this upgrade um, incorporates pulling updates of basic libraries from their original repositories in the most recent version. And who knows that this most recent version does not come with more bugs than the version before, maybe fixing one, but um, incorporating two new ones. And that needs to be properly tracked. And that is also the case for many software developers, which have modern um, build chains, modern tool chains, which, as well, pull always the newest version. That that's for good reasons, but nevertheless, you need to monitor what is actually um, in the bag when you finally um, compile the final solution. And that of, is of course something also that the Solar Winds incident showed, because there were some changes that were, um, yeah, undesirable and really not expected and dangerous to, to the to the customers
1: along the supply chain. Yeah, and regret. Requesting your, your customer to to deactivate uh, whatever anti-malware uh, for installs um, clearly should always be a sign of, okay, maybe we, we, we look at more strict controls in that case. Uh, that would be for me a clear no, no-go, if, if you're honest, having such scenarios. And yes, um, we, we need to do it better and we can do it better. And the good thing at the end of the day is we have all principles available. We have all technologies available. Uh, we know how to do an, uh, to set up an ISMS, how to run an ISMS as an, so the information security management system. We know how to do cybersecurity supply chain risk management. We specifically know how to do supply chain risk management. We have a lot of cybersecurity tools. We have tools for static and dynamic code analysis. We have increasingly good technology for security monitoring, for automated response and other things. All these things are there. And we have, we have a lot of knowledge about good coding practices, secure by design, et cetera. Uh, we just need to do it. And yes, when we look at the reality of coding, uh, we see certain organizations which really are strict in good coding practices and still have their issues but we see also a ton of organizations with developers which don't follow these rules. And that is the point, we have everything on hand, we just need to use it and we need to get better on that because going back to what I said at the beginning, every business is a software business in some way, at least many businesses are. So that is about also protecting the core of our business, protecting the ability to act in digital transformation, Protecting and securing and, and delivering the safety of goods you deliver that incorporate software. That is what we need to do. And it's the latest time to act now. Right, and that is an ongoing effort. And in
0: in the end, it's also a liability issue because when you produce software, no matter what is incorporated in there, uh, in the end, you are liable for what this piece of software does, no matter which component actually caused the issue. That might be an issue to these um, one-man show software developer um, unicorn companies, but for modern, um, larger scale organizations who are using software um, within their own uh, boundaries, or as a software which is provided to end users, they really should follow the principles that you just mentioned. Uh, I think that's a a great summary for for this episode of this podcast because it's really um, making sure that people understand their responsibility, their liability, but also the tasks that need to be executed over time. Any final additions from your side to that?
1: No, just repeating. It's about extending our zero-trust approach to the cybersecurity supply chain risk management. And always keep in mind, don't blindly trust software, but verify.
0: And then again, we are, as you mentioned, at the zero trust approach. Don't trust, verify every time. Thank you very much, Martin. Always a pleasure to have you here and and to hear your insight. Looking forward to having you in upcoming episodes again. And thank you for your time being here today.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.